0: Episode number 308, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 6, Episode 10, Leap. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place.
0: Well, hello and welcome back. Welcome back to Welcome to Level 7. And if you're first joining us, then just welcome. Not back, but just welcome. But if you've been with us before, welcome back. And I'm Ben, Ben Avery. I'm here. I'm back again because I like to talk about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's been a little while since we've talked about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. With anyone. It's it's just been Man, it's been a
1: while since we... We need to catch up, don't we?
0: Yeah, I mean, we've got two episodes in a row where it was just me, um, yeah. with Collision <laughs> Course Part One and Part Two. That's the way it worked out. But now it worked out to have you, me, me. Yep. And who is and, you? And you and are you, stew. the
1: listener. Yeah. I'm happy for you, the listener. Yes, so, I'm Stuart. I'm I'm Agent Stewart. I'm I'm back. We're we're doing this, and you can actually hear me this time. That's that's really important. Yeah.
0: So Stuart and Ben. Here we are. We're going to talk about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., an episode called Leap. Uh, The other thing that's going to happen is we have some news to talk about, but the news is going to be after the credits of this episode. And that news is stuff that happened in the last week or so Mm -hmm. with D23 and with Sony. Oh, I'm not sure who leaked what. Uh and then Sony responded to whoever leaked whatever was leaked. And it's turned into a whole big thing. Chicken Little is crying out. The sky is falling. The sky is falling.
1: Now, in and, this and anna- now, are we going to do this now or later?
0: Uh, you want to do the Spider-Man thing now? Sure. Why not? Sure. So
1: in your analogy, who is Chicken Little? Is that the Internet? Yes. Oh, OK, good.
0: Yes. The Internet is Chicken Little screaming about how the sky is falling <laughs> And I'm sitting over in the corner thinking, you know what, you know what, because of Spider-Man what? movies at MCU, at Disney, we didn't <laughs> get the Inhumans movie. And and this is going to make the way in the best way possible as far as having Spider-Man. Tom Holland is MCU Spider-Man. I don't care what you say. I don't care if Disney is not helping them make the movie. Tom Holland Is MCU Spider-Man. Yeah. And so we're going to have a couple Spider-Man movies. Maybe if they don't come back to the table again. Where it'll be. uh, They can't say Iron Man. But they don't have to. Because they've wrapped that up in Far From Home. And now we're going to get some Spider-Man movies. Maybe where he's on his own. Fighting bad guys. Instead of just living up to Tony Stark's.
1: Yeah. Legacy. I feel like. um, I feel like it was when I first heard this. I was like, "Oh, this—that's a publicity stunt." If I've ever heard one, so that's what I feel like it is.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, is it a publicity stunt? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It could be. It could have been that Sony leaked it to get people to like get angry at Disney so that Disney would back down. But it all comes down to this. This is how it all works out. Okay. Right now, the deal was. I guess, two Spider-Man movies, and then he can appear in three MCU movies. And so basically Disney gets the benefit of having Spider-Man in two Avengers and in the Captain America movie that was basically an Avengers movie. And Sony got the benefit of having. Disney MCU, Kev Dog, Kevin Feige, uh, helping guide the storyline for whatever is happening in the Spider-Man movies that Sony was paying for, so the deal is Sony pays for everything. Disney helps guide it, and Disney gets five percent of the the box office profits, and Sony gets ninety five percent of the box office profits. And Disney's saying, "Far from Home," made over a billion dollars. And we only got 5% of that. We want more of that sweet, sweet billion-dollar money. And Sony says, "Uh, "Okay, that's nice. So what do you want to do about it? And Disney says, we will split the cost up front. Well, 50-50, we'll help you pay for the movie. And then 50-50, you give us the profits. So we get half a billion dollars. You get half a billion dollars. Everyone's happy. And Sony's all, we did Venom. And we made eight hundred thousand dollars without you.
1: So yeah. if the next Spider-Man movie
0: makes eight hundred thousand dollars. We're splitting it with you instead of giving you five percent. If we can do Venom and into the Spider-Verse without you. And if we can make Amazing Spider-Man 2, which sucked, but still made <laughs> seven hundred million million dollars. Yeah, why would we want to split a billion dollars because if we split a billion dollars. We're taking a pay cut.
1: I, I don't disagree with you. Which That's, is why Those I, are the facts.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, those are I not mean, now we can get into the nitty gritty about opinions yeah. about. OK, so Sony without Disney. They need Disney. Disney needs Spider-Man. All the different things that go into that. The MCU will never be the same again because spider Man's not going to be able to lead the Avengers in the Avengers movie that hasn't been announced for phase four. You know, I mean, you could talk then about all those details. But those are the facts where two giant companies have said, I want more money. And the company that has leverage said, you're not getting more money. We are. Ha ha. Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, the one thing I did hear was that uh, they said Kevin Feige was unable to produce on the Sony movies, which makes perfect sense, because if he is not making Disney any money, he doesn't need to be producing
0: on their movies. Right, right. I mean, on Sony movies. So Disney's playing hardball, saying we'd want more than five percent. Sony's playing hardball, saying we're not giving you 50 percent. And so and so then Sony comes out and this is their tweet was um, Kevin's too busy. We understand. We feel bad. We would like to have him, but we don't. We can't. It's OK. We're OK. We're all OK. How are you? <laughs> and it's just,
1: you know, well, it, I, this but, is why. but the sky is, is falling. Why, yeah, this is why I think it's a publicity stunt, because if if you look at the movie's and, and forgive me, I don't know if you if you talked about these movies um, that were announced at Comic-Con. There's no returning characters. There's very few like well, what's Spider-Man attached to. There's no Iron Man. There's no Captain well, America.
0: So, yeah, that was the one th- interesting thing at Comic-Con was that Spider-Man was not a part of the conversation at all. Yeah. And so the returning characters that they did mention, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, they talk about they talk about Doctor Strange too. um, Black Panther Two. finally has a date. You know, uh, all these things that they're talking about. Yeah. Where does Spider-Man fit in there? And, and he really, doesn't. He
1: doesn't. I mean, the only one you could maybe possibly get him into would be uh, Doctor Strange and only if Doctor Strange takes place in New York. Now, if Doctor Strange takes place, what was the name of it? Uh, Dimensions of Madness or something like that. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't matter. Like, you're not going to put Spider Man with Doctor Strange.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so, and that's fine, though. I mean, what you do then is you got the Sony Spider Man movies. And then you have, you, Eventually, you have some sort of team up movie that Spider-Man is, is in the middle of. I just feel when like they
1: come back to the
0: table and they're like, well, maybe 50 percent was too much. How about
1: 25? And Sony's like, sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, it, but but there's no reason for either of them to do it.
1: No. So there isn't. D-
0: Disney does not need Spider-Man. He added great flavor. Yes. You know, it, it, but Disney was fine without him. And they're they're introducing all these new characters phase four is just weird with all the characters like shang chi the um master of kung fu is in there i mean yeah. we're talking about some uh with uh the eternals which no one knows who the eternals are i mean neil gaiman wrote a whole graphic novel about the eternals a few years ago he doesn't even know what who the Eternals are he's you know, I, and, I'm exaggerating and, a little bit because obviously, clearly, Neil Gaiman always puts tons of research into what he does and, and probably love those characters as a kid. But the point being, nobody knows who they are, even with the having Neil Gaiman write a graphic novel about the Eternals. It's still not a household name or anything like that.
1: Well, and they can MCU it a whole bunch, which they've already shown that they will are willing to do at the drop of a hat. So, you know, I. I I mean, yeah, you could put Spider-Man all over the place, but not at the expense of letting him have his own movies.
0: Well, so here's the other thing as far as timing goes. So Spider-Man goes then and Sony makes some Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland without Disney. And some people are like, I can't watch this. It's not MCU. And some people are like, it's going to be garbage because it's not MCU. And some people are like, finally, Spider-Man saved from from Disney. And then some people are are going to be like me. He's still MCU. I don't care. <laughs> like he, it's Tom Holland. Well, and uh, I, so I'm going to treat. we I mean, the the podcast is going to treat Tom Holland as an MCU property. Uh, with with Spider Man. That's that's my plan.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, that's yeah. a, a. I'm I'm all for that. And and you know, I probably would too. My question though is, and it's more of an esoterical like legality. Mm-hmm. Big picture type of thing. What if they mention or what if they try to do something or you always get into the to the to the problems of does it go against canon? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've already seen that in the um, homecoming thing when they the dating controversy five years later, to eight years later or whatever
0: it was. Right. Well, and another one would be if Spider-Man and Venom do cross over. Uh, Venom has some things in it that are clearly not MCU. Like it's it's just not part of the MCU.
1: Yeah, I still haven't. I mean, I know it made eight hundred million dollars mm-hmm. or whatever, but I feel like it was a flash in the pan, and I am not sure that you could replicate it.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: the and into the Spider Verse was amazing. Like I, it was amazing, but.
0: I don't know. I mean, into the spider verse had a creative team behind it that was allowed to be creative. Yes. That was a big, big part of it. Creative in storytelling, creative in Mm -hmm. art style. I mean, that's a big part of the the success there. And so if Sony is going to take that tack, then, 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 I think that there's some really, positive things that can come out of this. If not, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say anyone's wrong. No one's wrong. Sony could really screw this up. They could screw up Spider-Man forever, you know, and and, uh, they'll
1: just reboot him. Right. Right. That's never happened before. But,
0: but the the bottom line, what I'm saying is, you know, people might be right. The sky might be falling as far as Spider-Man movies are concerned. Um, But it's not going to, and the MCU with phase four, may really stumble a lot because these are not characters. I mean, Captain America, not a part of things, Iron Man, not a part of things. Um, they've got Thor coming back. Who's finally a character that people like because of Ragnarok. There's, there's a much more um, positive public opinion about him, but um, I mean, all the things that people are saying in their, you know, observations and everything could be right. I'm I'm not, I'm not Pollyanna here. I'm just saying, you know, a lot of this is just wait and see what's going to happen. They might come back to the table. I don't know. They might. But then I'm also saying this means that we could get a year with three MCU movies and a Spider-Man movie. And that's fun. Which is your big deal. Which is
1: your big – That I, was I my problem having, in the first place. Yeah. yeah. I remember having this conversation What? Four years ago, Mm -hmm. three years ago, something like that, when when the Spider-Man movie was announced and you're like, well, that's great and all.
0: But and then dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Uh, And then the other thing is you've got X-Men and Fantastic Four thrown into the mix because of the Fox merger. And I think that's also a little bit where Disney's like, "Okay, phase four might stumble a little bit. But phase four, if it ends with Fantastic Four and it's a good MCU version of it. That could be a, a positive thing, and and then then there's Wolverine. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. Like we don't have Spider-Man, but we have the second most recognizable Marvel Spider-Man? character. Yeah,
1: you you got this. You got the the Wolverine. Okay, okay fine. Yeah. And so long term, well, first off, yeah, Phase Four might stumble. It has some unknown characters, but from everything I've ever heard. Iron Man was kind of a second tier character, third tier character. I mean, mm-hmm. all of the characters, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Who are those guys? Right. Because
0: well, that's the other thing that I, I was preaching, I guess. But <laughs> when when Spider-Man was brought into the MCU fold, that was the first time that they had an A-list Marvel mm-hmm. character in the Probably MCU.
1: the A-list Marvel yeah,
0: character. The MCU had done remarkably well without any a-list recognizable characters. You could say that Captain America, because of the symbology that he's wearing an American mm-hmm. flag, that he is an A-list character that people he's, know his name.
1: He's and, probably the highest profile character that they had.
0: Uh, and then the Hulk.
1: And then the Hulk, you know. Yeah. And
0: so those two characters are high profile, but they're not – they weren't like everyone loves those two characters. Right. And so right. they made it work. Now – they made it work with a stumble though. I mean Incredible Hulk was a stumble for them. And so they booted Ed Norton, brought in um
1: Mark Ruffalo. Did yeah. not make another Hulk movie
0: though. Right. But you know? but they're still using that Hulk character and they made him yeah, into yeah, someone yeah. that people like. Yeah. And 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 turned Ragnarok into a Thor Hulk buddy movie.
1: Which you know, we've talked about it on the show, and every I mean, it's very positive. Everybody loves Ragnarok.
0: Yes, most mo- mostly, loves yeah, it. yeah. Uh, people liked Ragnar. People like Ragnarok more, more than like Dark, Dark World. World. Yeah, yeah. so it was, that I think we can say is a, a rock fact, yes. if you would. But a rock fact. Yeah, that's a rock fact. All
1: right. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's. I'm referencing, uh, over the garden wall. It's a really fantastic cartoon series that you really need to watch. And if you have Hulu, it's on it. It's just a lot of goofy, weird off the wall, oddball fun. So, okay. So Spider-Man stuff, we'll talk about then all the Disney plus stuff and, and that after the credits, but the end of the, the
1: end of the story is let's just wait and see because they don't do anything Disney and Sony are two big companies that are not going to have a knee-jerk reaction and air all of their grievances on social media. <laughs> like they, they. <laughs> but make... Sony
0: came close. I mean,
1: Sony. I mean, let's let's be honest. There was a little bit of a teenage girl moment. You know, like oh my god, he is so mean to me from Sony. Let's not go. You know,
0: it was really more the teenage girl would be more. Well, you know, he was mean to me, but he he meant well and everything's good and we're, we're happy together. Now. Yeah. So, um, but, by the way, but, I have but, three teenage girls and none of them talk like that. I just want to have, throw that out. I there,
1: have a so. teenage girl. My teenage daughter does not talk like that either. But that doesn't mean that there aren't out there. Um, and if they listen to the show, I'm sorry. I apologize to you.
0: I do have a daughter who, uh asked me to give her a shout out in this episode. All right. I'm not going to though. <laughs> I, t- I told her no. So now she's going to listen to this episode and she will know when we finally get to season six in our ages of shield watching. Um, if she ever listens to this, she will know that I, I followed through on my no, no means no. That's, that's the lesson. Wow. There. Hey, let's um, talk about leap.
1: That-
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's talk about leap. Uh yeah. So I want to take a little bit of a different tactic with with leap. And so I'm going to I'm going to read uh, a synopsis, but it's from a different perspective than we would normally do. OK, okay. are you ready? Here we go. I'm doing it. All right. Leap is the story of Dr. Samuel Beckett, who, theorizing <laughs> that one could travel within one's own lifetime, stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished. He woke to find himself trapped in the past, facing mere images that were not his own and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. His only guide on this journey is Al, an observer from his own time, who appears in the form of a hologram only Sam can see and hear. And so, Dr. Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. So what do you think of this episode, Stuart?
1: That. I loved it when Sam Beckett <laughs> leaped into the captaincy of the Enterprise.
0: And said, oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, no. I um If you ever read anything that I've written, by the way, and a character says, oh, boy,
1: oh, it is directly.
0: an absolute direct reference to Quantum Leap. I just can't help myself sometimes. So, no, I. I. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but you know this this works as well. Hey, this is a body snatching kind of thing, but it's also like it, it, I was totally reminded of Quantum Leap when I was watching the episode. Mm-hmm. I knew the title was Leap, and I'm watching it and I was like, "Oh my goodness, Quantum Leap!" Um, okay, I'm gonna read it again and read the real one. This is still from a different perspective, okay? But this is okay. the actual plot synopsis. Here we go. Leap is the story of Azell a being from a universe of energy beings who did not have corporeal bodies. She escapes being murdered by a creature of the physical world who has an atom splitting bomb and fire breath because she was able to hitch a ride with a seemingly ineffectual human male called Davis using his body to get to safety and also to get closer to her desired goal. She leaps out of the Davis body and into the body of a martial arts master, Melinda May. And then she promptly goes to find the holding cell of a physical being the humans call Sarge, because that's the name he told them to call him. She shoots him, murdering his physical form, although it's debatable whether or not it should be called murder, since he doesn't stay dead. This creates some confusion among the humans, because while Melinda May does hate Sarge, that's not her style. But amidst the confusion, Izel's able to go after what she really wants. What she really, really wants. She wants someone with access to get her through a door. Unfortunately, also because of the confusion, the human called Alfonso Mac McKenzie, the one who's in charge, puts the physical location known as Lighthouse on lockdown. Because they're on to her and her leaping abilities. So she sneaks into a discussion meeting by leaping into Fitz's body. In this meeting, Mac, after determining the two most powerful members of the group are not controlled by Azel, hides the most powerful members of the team away from physical access. So she is unable to leap into them. Instead, she leaps into an agent called Piper and then makes her way through the group as they try in their physical weakness to stop her. To show she means business, she leaps into Davis once more and forces him to leap from a walkway and commit suicide because physical bodies are such fragile things. Then she leaps into Mac's body, which is all she really wanted because he is the one who can access the room where the monoliths are. She once more takes advantage of his fragile form by slamming his head into a metal pipe and leaps out of him. Sarge comes after her though. They talk and he's not willing to accept the truth. The reason he doesn't remember anything is that the memories he has are not truly his own memories when he took the form of the human named Colson and made a copy of him, the memories came with that copy. They are lovers, and she – and together they can open up a portal to their dimension. She seeded this dimension with the Shrike to make a place for the others of their kind to get a physical form. But he's not convinced, and I, Izel doesn't care that he can't make that leap in reasoning. So she makes a leap into Yo-Yo and says she'll kill anyone who comes after her. Mac comes with her as a willing hostage to fly the plane. And she escapes with Mac, a cool new host body with cool new powers, and the power of three monoliths. And that is the story of Leap.
1: So she's got the power? She's got the power! That's right. That was very good. Thank you for for making that wonderful (laughs) synopsis.
0: You know, as I was writing this, I just was thinking about, well, first of all, thinking about, you know, just this whole different perspective. But then I was remembering the synopsis that Daniel did once where he took (laughs) an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then used an outline from a business uh, leadership strategy book kind of thing and had these five key components of business leadership and management, and it fit with the episode synopsis so well. I was amazed and I will never forget that. And I will never be able to top that, but
1: Duel Daniel, you know, he's, he does his business. Well, he's, he's, he's a smart cookie. He He is. is a smart cookie. Yes.
0: So, yeah, there's a lot of different things we can talk about here in this episode. There's, First of all, the fact that this is a bottle episode. This
1: is the quintessential definition of a bottle episode. And everybody gets it wrong because they always say, well, a bottle episode, you know, doesn't have – stays on the one place. No, it is sets already created. That's, mm-hmm. the, big, that's the big definition. And so when you have um, new sets, no, that's a bottle – that's not a bottle episode. This is already created. Most of the time it's on the bridge of the starship or whatever.
0: Yeah, so that's why so many episodes of say Star Trek or or really any mm-hmm. space-based show, if they have an episode where they're just staying on the ship, that's because they're saving special effects budget. And that right. special effects budget goes from this episode where they just have like if it's Star Trek, maybe they just have a couple different beams coming Mm -hmm. out of someone's eyes you know and and that's it at the at the climax and the rest of it is just actors and and maybe a little bit of stunts maybe a little bit of running you know but it's all on the ship
1: and it's typically on sets that are that are already established and there's very few guest stars if any so usually you know it's somebody getting taken over by a, a where they can use their powers of acting to tell a story amazingly
0: <laughs> right and, and and sometimes it works really, really well, and sometimes it doesn't in this case, this kind of i I'm going back and forth on how much I actually like this episode because the the mystery of it mm-hmm. as it was unfolding was really neat i I really enjoyed the mystery of.
1: The whodunit and yeah. who
0: done it and yeah and why? I mean, this is also it's not just a uh, it's not just a bottle episode. It's a closed room mystery, right? You know, I mean, this is a this could almost be done as a stage play where you have a murder and you have an investigation, and they're trying to figure out whatever we know can't be true because it doesn't fit the facts of who these people are, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're eliminating who is the the suspect, and then you have that added sci-fi thing—the the body snatcher trope, mm-hmm. where you have um someone entering into a body and pretending to be someone that you trust and that you know, and that's fun. Um, and so all that, and stuff then it's I was also enjoying. fun.
1: The the misdirect is also fun. Uh, on a second rewatch, I noticed. They did a really good job of making me think it was going to be Deke yes. and then turning that around and having it be um, Fitz. And so
0: that was well written and well executed. And then the battle
1: mm-hmm. where
0: they're trying to stop her and she's just leaping from body to body and kind of just jumping. And I don't know if leaping was really – I don't know if that's why they called it leap is because she was going from body to body um, or I think we're calling it leap. I mean, it's almost a joke, but Davis and his jump. But as as that whole action sequence is happening, she's going from body to body. And each one of them are trying to you know stop and they can't stop her. You know, mm-hmm. she has the upper hand. She just can't get what she wants unless she has Mac. And yeah, it's just this really. It it was, it was thrilling. It was fun. I wouldn't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the kind of thing that Daniel will be tense for, but it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. uh,
1: Yeah. and, And that's, that's the more, I think the more important part of it, because it definitely needs to get us from, um, you know, from coming in off of the big fire-breathing dragon, ship-exploding thing to going off on the next adventure, which is obviously getting on the plane and flying away, right? Mm-hmm. And and it definitely feels like, okay, well, we had 13 episodes. We wrote 12. Now what do we do? Not that that's a bad thing, but it needed to be put into that spot to bridge those two storylines.
0: Yeah, and but it doesn't feel like filler i mean this is not just uh no uh,
1: it's not filler
0: i mean (laughs) because you know it's not stargate where oh we need an (laughs) episode so let's let's do a clip show (sighs) and yeah hey every season had that clip show and they tried so hard to make the clip show matter well
1: and but and that's the genius of having 13 episodes right where you don't have to try to fill 26 because I, I mean ben I don't know if you know this or not and I sure do I don't writing 26 episodes of TV is really hard <laughs> writing yeah. 26 things of anything is really hard
0: well but you know that's where they they were taking some interesting uh turns with that though where they were you know did like three pods that one time mm-hmm. you know where it's this short storyline this short storyline this half season storyline um is it hard yes but at the same time it's not as hard as as people might make it out to be you have a team you come up with a good direction and then you just come up with the stories and do the stories and yeah you might hit a point where you burn out and then you stop and that's where i mean after season seven they're done. you know, we're, we will be done with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after season seven. Yeah. Um, they're ending well, on their own terms. They get to yeah. choose to stop there and they get to choose what story they're going to tell to go out on. And that's a that's a a nice thing to have as a. Creator. And I feel
1: like this is getting because it doesn't feel like this season is ramping to a close. It feels like the season is going to a sort of a maybe not an open ended and I haven't finished it. So I don't know. Maybe not an open ended, like jumping off the, you know, driving the car off the cliff type of season or, you know, fire. There's not a cliffhangering going on, but it's definitely opening the door and bringing some things back and, and all of that sort of stuff to set the stage for season seven.
0: Yeah. So I want to talk about there's another thing I liked as far as like big idea picture here, but Mm -hmm. I don't want to end on the thing. I don't like as far as big idea picture here. So I want to do that now and and, and talk about the thing I don't like. So we can kind of get into a positive as well. After this, tell me about the things you do not like. I don't know if I like this whole backstory of where Sarge came from. (laughs) Like this whole season has been building up to who is Sarge, where'd Sarge come from? And then we get this really intricate, Vague backstory exposition of we are actually energy beings from another dimension. <laughs> and, what what and, is corporeal? Uh, that, that means you have form.
1: No, I know. Oh, that was from sorry. Deep Space Nine. The,
0: the um, oh, the the, the, the prophets. <laughs> I did what not is corporeal? catch that. Sorry. Is that from the pilot episode? Yes, because that's, that's the episode, episode I've seen like eight times. So yeah.
1: <laughs> What is time? No. Uh, yes. I am not thrilled with that. Although I did. I'm going to say I called it 50 percent because I knew it had something to do with that stupid hydro planet, which, were the, which is where the monoliths happened. So 50 percent.
0: OK, so you just mentioned something that's going to tie into what I do like. But oh. but before we get to that, I just this feels I don't know. The monoliths, when they were destroying the monoliths, Colson and and Mike Peterson were destroying the monoliths and, you know, it, getting them into the gravitonium and just doing the bomb thing, you know, in that end mm-hmm. of what, season five, I think. Or, I, or season honestly, four. I don't remember. I
1: cannot even remember.
0: OK, so, so they're doing all that stuff. And when they did all that stuff. That caused a fake Colson to be created. In that dimension. And Paka Paka Kutik is S- Sarge's name. He entered the form of Colson and then Izel entered a physical form and she went into the physical world and he followed her and he's not following her to stop her. He's following her because he loves her. And that's why he's chasing her. And now they can – Open a portal to their realm and invite the creatures, the energy people from the other realm to come in and take bodies of the people of this. And I just this is. It all makes sense. It all works on paper. It answers all the questions we have. Yeah. So it does the job. I'm just. uh, I'm not enjoying that. (laughs) Like, it just feels I don't know. Well it's definitely
1: hard sci-fi, right? It's it's not it's not easily I mean yes it all makes sense and yes it all checks the boxes. But you know we have to sit here and talk about it to sort of wrap our brains around it, which is good I guess cuz it makes conversation about stuff, but it's not super easily understood and then when you finally come to a resolution you're like oh that that
0: that's it. I realized, okay. uh, yeah, I realized the word I was looking for. It wasn't to me. It wasn't satisfying. Mm. The, I, yeah. Uh, so it works. I'm willing to follow it because it makes mm-hmm. sense that, okay, so that's where the body came from. And mm-hmm. that's why it has traces of Coulson's memory, you know, because he was talking about how I have memories of my family that I've lost because you've taken them from me. So I don't actually have them. And so he has these traces of memory. He remembers having memories. And the memories he remembers having are not his own. They are Coulson's. And it's actually kind of a swamp thing kind of thing where – Swamp Thing. You're going to just ram Swamp Thing into anything you can, aren't you? No, no, this actually works. I mean, this is Alan Moore, (laughs) when he took on Swamp Thing, changed it so it wasn't a man turned into a monster. It was a plant creature that was imprinted with the memories of that man. And so then this science fiction question that also comes up, up with some like cyborg stories and android stories and that sort of thing is. These memories are not things I actually experience. These are memories that someone else experienced, and then they were given to me.
1: Do androids dream of electric
0: yeah. sheep? Am I a
1: person? Mm-hmm. Which, know? I mean, let's—we've already opened the Star Trek door, so you know, whatever. Data has—do it. Data has been looking at that forever, ever, always. The entire arc of Data is to become as close to human as possible. Right. And so when he has his memories of his brothers and his father and all that sort of stuff, are they actually his memories?
0: Don't know. But even closer question to that is he was given the memories of Mm -hmm. the people in the colony that was destroyed by the crystalline entity. Right. Okay. So what does he do with those and how do those help him? He. And
1: right, so so he he it, takes on those to to form a new thing, and then you could say that it takes it one step further because a Nemesis they actually transfer it over to before and blah 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 blah.
0: So yeah, and then now what's going to happen with Picard because we know Brent Spiner is going to be on this new show? Is he before? Is he Data? That
1: no, that's the holodeck. That is Picard reminiscing. I guarantee it.
0: Or is it the imprint of Data's memories within? a holodeck maybe but i, mean, it's I, not I think data. i think it's still the personhood of data yeah. one way or another i think that's still there yeah. uh so but the, then the question comes where okay so sarge is a new creature and that's that's the answer to me like with swamp mm-hmm. thing with all these other things we're talking about where um yes you have the imprint of these memories that are not your own but you are someone And so whatever you do with those memories is what you choose to do with them. You're going to be informed by them, but you are now your own thing. You are another thing. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so anyway, that's
1: so. So that let me ask you personally that that resolution of. um, Sarge getting Coulson's memories, but still looking like Coulson, is that satisfying?
0: Yes, I just wish it had been a different Re-path. path to get there. Mm, right. OK, yeah.
1: I, I actually liked the idea that they kind of looked similar, like, like, <laughs> you know, have this be a totally different guy. But then how are you going to do that? You can't. It it doesn't make sense on TV. I get that. Yeah. But. They talked about. OK, so when when they did the episode with Thomas Riker. You remember that?
0: I do, the, yeah. So there's a where, trans- so like he
1: Yeah, there's yeah. a transporter malfunction, and like part of Will Riker goes to the Enterprise and does his own Enterprise thing, and part of Will Riker stays on the um stays on the on the planet and ends up stealing the Defiant. Um <laughs> it's
0: but basically you have two people who right. at one point in time split and right. have different So they have the same history up until that point in time, and then they become their own person because they have different histories.
1: One of the things that was batted around for that was to have Will Riker die and Thomas Riker come in and finish out the rest of the series.
0: Which is basically what they did here.
1: Yeah. And so I. Oh, that is what they did there, isn't it?
0: Yeah, they killed off Coulson <laughs> and brought in someone else who has Coulson's memories and, and looks like mm. Coulson. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I would have liked that with. with As, well,
1: that's why they didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, I, I'm listening to that 50 year track book, and uh, that's that's why they didn't do it is because they kind of went. Ugh, I don't think that'd be a good idea, but it's working here, I guess, with Sergeant Coulson. I guess the question is, is there ever redemption
0: for Sarge? I don't know if there's redemption for Sarge. We'll find out. We've got three more episodes. Um, I haven't watched past this episode, so I don't know what's going to happen in this season. What I do know is up until this point, I'm okay with the the journey they've taken us on. Um, And so now I'd like to see what happens with. He knows now. Right, He he knows truth now. And so what does he do with that? And that's what's going to make the next few episodes interesting. And yeah, I I I just I want to see what happens.
1: And I hate to even say this, but can you have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. without Phil Coulson?
0: Well, we have (laughs) Or, or that actor. Let me say yeah, it that. Yeah. way. Can I mean, having have of the shield without Clark Gregg. You could also kind of look at this season as almost like far from home with Tony Stark. So Tony Stark yeah. dies in end game. And then you have spoilers. Well, we're, we're, we're past that point now, I think. <laughs> um, but he, then you have far from home, which is still about Tony Stark. Yeah. So Coulson dies Uh, And and the one thing I don't like about what happens with him dying is that we didn't actually get to have the emotional moment.
1: Well, we had that already, though. I mean, the pork man has died like four
0: times. Well, at least two. Yeah, but we want. uh, okay. I want the emotional moment with May and we got the flashbacks. It just was detached for me. You know, it, it wasn't in the moment. We weren't in the moment. We were remembering the moment with her.
1: Oh, so like when she's after she's knocked Sarge out when they're driving the truck and she puts his hand on his lap and and, and sort of watches him sleep. You're you're talking like that moment. Yes.
0: Yeah, so we got to see that moment. But we didn't get to I didn't I felt like we didn't go on the emotional journey where we we go along with it until it happens and then have we we come into it and it's already happened and everyone's already dealing with their emotional response and mm-hmm. and I just I just wish that it had been more linear for us and and that might be just me that might be just a um an issue that I have as far as like just how I experience emotion or whatever so
1: yeah i mean it might be interesting to see what happens in the end of the season Going into next season, because I don't think Sarge is necessarily a character you keep on. You know what I mean? Because he's one dimensional. He's just out Mm -hmm. to kill things or stop. Stop the strike. Essentially, that's what he's out to do. So do I mean,
0: he's not one dimensional anymore, though.
1: Yeah, because
0: now he has to deal with the fallout of what's been revealed to him. He is not someone who lost his planet to Izell, and lost his family to her. Like he that was what motivated him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: His motivation is erased.
1: So so now he has the choice to either
0: be Coulson. Yes. I mean, like, what exactly is, what is yes, he and maybe not be Coulson, but he has a choice to be more Coulson like to do the good to to be the person or be closer to the person that everyone else thinks of when they see his face.
1: As long as he doesn't try to go steal the, the, the boss, I'll be fine.
0: So we'll see. Uh, so, okay. So all this stuff with the story though, this, this, this uh, exposition that I don't like, um, it did. I mean, how many minutes did we just have a conversation about that? Right. You know? And so, There's positivity there for sure. But the other thing, the thing that I kind of like though, okay, go ahead. What did you
1: like, Ben?
0: Yeah. Uh, I like the way that they are taking what's gone before and pulling on those strings. (laughs) And and taking, I I don't know how I feel about that at first with their whole retcon where, well, the fear dimension wasn't a dimension. You know, these were just things that the monolith of creations. Created or whatever, but but we're 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 back with the monoliths. We're referencing the gravitonium, you know, I mean, because that was the ball thing, right? Right. Yeah. It, the okay. ball thing had the power of the monoliths in it. And that's how they but, contained it.
1: And surrounded by gravitonium. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: Which then is, I mean, that's a season
1: one. That's the season one, you know, big foil. Remember?
0: Well, I mean, Way it's a season. season Uh, one episode three or two that the Gravitonium came up in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's cool. Don't get me wrong. That's cool. I don't remember any of it because I haven't gone back and watched all of the seasons of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: again. But if nothing else, you know, they're referencing this older stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're you're recognizing Gravitonium. You're remembering Monoliths. You're, you know, even if you're just a casual fan that is just tuning in once and, and and then tuning out, you know, you're remembering these things. They are doing a very good job of yeah. trying to pull on these threads and have this linear through line throughout the whole thing where it's clearly a single story about a group of people.
1: Are, or do you think they're going to do the do the whole um, greatest hits tour? So like the next we're going to talk about the Inhumans and then we're going to talk about Ada again.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> we could. I, I I'd rather not necessarily, but you know. I,
1: yeah, I mean if if there's a good story reason for it, I'm all for it. But if they're just going to revamp the old series because that's or the revamp the the older seasons because that's what they think they got to do in the 7th season, I don't want that.
0: I don't know, but I mean they spent this whole season with all these new ideas and th- and things happening where you've got you know, Jocko from his planet where they breathe fire and you have Sarge who's leading this group and they've got this cool truck, you know, all these new things Mm -hmm. that they're building in. And then in this episode, they're like, hey, you know what? Remember Ghost Rider? Sarge is kind of like that. And. And remember the Gravitonium and the Monoliths, that's actually the origin story for where Sarge came from. And so I don't feel like they're doing a Greatest Hits thing here. I feel like they're Trying to create a story that lets Clark Gregg do something different. I mean, he's been yeah. the this, this same character since you know the beginning of the MCU, basically. Yep. Um, so, uh, I mean, they're letting him do something different, but they're keeping him around. We still have this legacy of Coulson that's happening, even as we're shifting focus and and making it so. Really, because of what they've done with him, um, Agents of Shield is about it's it's Daisy's story it's the rise of quake you know it's red tide or whatever rising tide or whatever it was Mm -hmm. in episode one where she is this living in a van down by the river until now where she is genuinely a superhero with superpowers and using them in really cool and creative and clever ways to do superhero stuff and,
1: and that's really interesting. And I hope that that is acknowledged and sort of like, let's keep this being the thing that, you know, makes the show. Let's end it on that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's I mean, that's the one that's one through line. But then it's, you know, like uh, the legacy of Colson and who he is. And, and so you have Sarge come along. Which is Coulson's face on someone who is anti-Coulson. He is the anti-Coulson, and it's just they're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some stuff that I'm not liking necessarily, but they're doing a good job. So,
1: and they're going out on a high note. I think. I think that they. I mean, the the creators seem to have a good idea where they're going, and that's you know, as long as you take me to a place that you know what the end is. Not well. They didn't die. I promise they didn't die. They didn't. Well, they actually died.
0: Yeah. The only thing the only thing that I would say is it's too bad that they didn't have a better idea of where the MCU itself was going Mm -hmm. in the cinematic side of the MCU.
1: Right. Right. So, I mean, and that just goes back to all of the politics between. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Okay. I don't know what else you have to talk about, but I have one more item on my list that I really want to talk about. And that's Davis.
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like Davis and then, uh, what's the, what's the girl's name? Piper Piper and kind of Deke are all extraneous at this point.
0: Well, okay. Piper has always been, she's been a background character since Mm -hmm. season three. So oh, really? she yeah yeah uh it's really cool because we just watched this episode from season three where she showed up for I think I'm pretty sure it was the first time uh Piper is there when they go to get hive when Hive was making those inhuman Neanderthal characters uh oh, yeah you know, those those bald guys with weird mouths um the primitives so she- that's the the so she was in that episode? She was in that episode where they go after Hive. She was part of the mission in the town that Hive bought. And and when, when they went and infiltrated the town, she was one of the, the agents there. And so she's been around for a long time. And then she and Davis have been around. You know, they were around for um, Ada. I don't remember when Davis first shows up, but I do remember them being in some of the, the Life Model Decoy episodes. And – and now here is the end of Davis. And I i was just. They were setting him up. They were setting him up to be comic relief at the beginning of the season. That's what I thought. But then they all set him up to be this emotional tie to Earth. I've got family. I've got a child on Earth. And then I didn't have him on Death Watch until last episode when they get back from the mission and he's like falling asleep. And I, I don't know if you listened to the episode yet for where I talked about Christian course part two, where he is falling asleep and she's like doing the selfies. I'm just, I'm just like, Oh, she is going to turn around and he's dead. Like he's not asleep. She's doing selfies with a dead guy. And then no, he was just asleep. He was tired because he had been possessed by, by Azel, But, that's when i was like oh he's going to die he's going to die they set him up so we emotionally have a tie to him and they this emotional manipulation of he's got a kid he's been away from the kid for a whole year in space and now he comes back and he's he's going to die got a space pen yeah he's, he's, got, he's, pen. he's got a space pen <laughs> he's got a space pen wonder if that's like a one of those you know astronaut pens that writes upside down yeah you know i used or, to have one or a pencil I used to have one of those space shuttle pens. I went to some space thing in Michigan and got got astronaut ice cream and astronaut pen. Well, there you go. Yeah.
1: You don't have either now, do you?
0: Well, no, no. I mean, we ate the ice cream.
1: Yeah, because it's good. I, 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 I would be interested to see if they peel off all of the extraneous characters, leaving it just Whatever iteration with Coulson there is, and Sky Daisy Quake, whatever her name is at this moment, at the very end of the episode, similar to where they found them. You know what I mean? It'd be interesting.
0: Yeah, it would be. I, I'm. I I don't want I don't want to lose Piper now. And Deke, I think he's he's a part of things. I mean, yeah. we're we're not going to lose him. No, he's not so- extraneous.
1: So, so Deke is Deke is uh, uh, saved by the plot.
0: Yep, Deke is in. He's just gonna be yeah, and he's gonna be a part of. Okay, so in season seven, (laughs) and maybe even in season six here, I don't know. uh, We're gonna find out. You know, Simmons is gonna have a baby. You know, we're gonna. Yeah, that's right. uh, Deke is gonna get to hold his own. Mom? Yeah, or whatever it is. You know. He's
1: because, oh, yeah, mom, ma- mother. Yeah.
0: yeah. But he's not going anywhere. And and Fitz likes him now or maybe kind at least more. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if he likes him, uh, likes him maybe or likes him more, I think is probably the better way to go. But yeah. Um, anyway,
1: what, with... so what do you think of the whole Fitz
0: uh, uh, not being the same Fitz? So this is now a double Fitz yeah, this is interesting. And this is actually the same thing with Thomas Riker. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is actually doing that. that. This is even closer. Yeah. 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 This is even closer. Uh, But, but
1: I mean, it's not like they're too. mm, So I don't know how different they are is what I'm trying
0: to say. Prime timeline fits. We'll call them maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Got to die heroic death. We got to see the end of that arc. And if the series had ended with season five, it would have in a lot of ways been a a satisfying conclusion for the Fitz arc. Mm -hmm. But then also an interesting life is going on and story is going on and we're going to find the other Fitz. And so then we kind of have this sad ending, but also this kind of happy ending where – We're going to find him and the future is going to actually still be what we thought the future was going to be. Um, And and instead of having that in our head of they're going to find him and it's going to be a happily ever after for Simmons and the other fits. Instead of that, we actually got to see it, got to see them looking for him and got to see this emotional um, storyline and story arc and character arc for timeline Two fits. Uh, I like what they've done with it. I I do. Uh, I think it works better here than it would with Thomas Riker because the whole thing with Star Trek The Next Generation was like a lot of episodic TV. You need it to be the same at the end as it was at the beginning so that you can watch back in the box so you can watch any episode in almost any order. And you still know who it is, what they're doing. And. Yeah, it, it just that's what you want with that style of storytelling. Mm-hmm.
1: And that uh, let's be honest that's an uh, mm, is antiquated the right term? I don't know, but that's a style of storytelling from a long time ago. But and it's and, it, it,
0: yes and no because that's the whole, you know, CSI and Law yeah. & and Order and all those, you know, procedural shows where And those
1: are all shows that are that are carryovers from like when they're not making new types of those shows. Every show now is thirteen episodes and serialized.
0: I don't know. I I, I really I can't. I don't know. I I, I really don't know. But, Anything I watch is that. So okay, I guess Because yeah. yeah, I, I don't know true. like what what the new MacGyver is like. I don't know. Hawaii Five O though. Yeah. uh That was that was episodic. That was uh, procedural. Um, you have, so you have these new shows coming out. I don't know how much of them are serialized and how many of them are just you know episode to episode. But it's a different kind of it's a different kind of meal, you know? Yeah, it's because there's the binge stuff. It's one storyline, eight episodes, 13 episodes, and you you could watch it as a 13 episode movie. But then there's the I just want to sit down and have you know, just fluff. I want murder. She wrote, you know, I want just episode starts episode finishes. I get a whole story and I can miss the next five episodes and it won't matter in my enjoyment because it's going to be the same kind of thing.
1: Because Angela Lansbury and Tom Selleck are going to do a crossover episode. They,
0: they did. Yeah.
1: No, but um. so, yes, I've got no problem with that. I don't think that. Um, obviously next gen wasn't designed for that. Um, they kind of did a little bit of it in DS nine, but they were pushing the boundaries again. They were, Um,
0: yeah, that was, yeah.
1: And, and, and again, if you're listening, if you ever read that, that 50 year mission book, they push it against some tough odds too. So it, it wasn't a, it was a struggle, but you know, obviously that's the way TV went because now discovery especially season one is all about that season two as well. Um, so, but anyway, this isn't the star Trek podcast. I promise this isn't the star. Trek.
0: No, but if you're going to, if you're going to talk Marvel, then you do have the incredible Hulk, which is one of the most, um, I don't know. It's the prime example of that episodic where nothing changes.
1: Every, yeah, all the toys go back in the box by
0: the time Every the episode time. is done. David Banner is on the road again walking away to the sad piano man song and and as he's walking away to the lonely man he is walking to the next episode
1: and he has hulked out he he did his required hulking out and coming back to being you know from hulking out and he's back at you know he's back in his body that's that's the prime example of that stuff.
0: Yeah, the, the difference is with Agents of Shield here, for example, you have to invest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, like if you're gonna watch this episode, 10th episode of the season, you're not gonna care that Davis died, you know, because you didn't spend 10 episodes with him being goofy and and complaining about wanting to see his daughter or whatever. You don't and know his
1: face pens.
0: Yeah, and, and you don't know what's going on. With that previous episode that Izel you know, and so these whole these soap opera versions of, of mm-hmm. storytelling, that's you have to follow along. You have to invest. And it's a it's a different kind of viewing. And so here we are. Episode 10 of season six of this kind of storytelling. Now, they, they did start out, though. They had these through lines, but it really was almost the monster of the week kind of yeah. thing early on. Yeah, they kind of made the shift, and actually, you can kind of track when they made the shift, and that's when Daredevil showed up on on, on Netflix. Netflix. So
1: when Daredevil comes around, and they're like, "Oh, we should be like that."
0: We not all, not all oh, we should be like that. It's oh, we have to be like that because that's what people want, and yeah. and that's when you started getting the pods, and you get you started getting these longer form things. And um, I remember the pods. Yeah, I remember when they called them pods. I was just like, that's stupid. That's (laughs) why are they calling them pods? So, yes. All right. Well, that that's the conversation. Do you have any other thoughts that you wanted to make sure we talked about before we turn things over?
1: No, except thank you all for listening and always glad you're here.
0: And I also want to thank everyone for listening, and thank you for our Patreon patrons. We appreciate you so much. Um, I, I just want to say, over the summer, it made some things we had to do for the website and different things. It made it possible, uh, honestly. And so, thank you very much, and thank you also to everyone who's left reviews. You know, I it's always fun to to get messages and emails from everyone. Um, I do have one that I need to read. That is about this episode. And that is from Agent Hank. Hank Harwell wrote in to say more on. Nope, that's not the right one. We already talked about that <laughs> one. Um, and more on not more on, by the way, is two words. One. <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season six episode leap and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse connection question. question. And he says. After my wife and I watched the latest episode, we watched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which she hadn't seen yet. She enjoyed, it. she enjoyed it more than she thought. Afterwards, I started looking through IMDb's trivia section for the movie. I ran across this interesting tidbit. Miles Morales' father was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent before settling down as a family man. Because of his connections to S.H.I.E.L.D., Miles went by his mother's maiden name, Morales, to protect him. His father's name, are you ready for a drum roll? Here it is. Okay, good, good. Jefferson Davis. <gasps> In this episode of our beloved Marvel TV series, we were shocked at the sudden death of a character that rose from bit player to recurring character. We learned more of his backstory that he had a child back home while he was off in the deep space mission to rescue Fitz. We only knew that this character of this character as Davis. I am sure this is a huge stretch, especially given Miles Morales's ethnicity, that Davis's first name is Jeff and that his child is a son named Miles. But wouldn't this be a fascinating way to introduce very tangentially a Spider-Man character to our TV MCU, I realized Jefferson Davis's brother Aaron was introduced to the main MCU in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yes, but we played also by uh,
1: Donald Glover.
0: What played by Donald Glover? Oh, uh, but we also have come to the difficult conclusion that the TV universe is not as connected as we had hoped to the film universe. I'll finish by saying that this theory is not at all likely. But I do want to reserve the right to say I called it if by some miracle I'm right.
1: I love that theory. That's awesome, Hank. (laughs) Good sleuthing on you, sir.
0: Yes, indeed. Indeed. Any final words before we uh, shut this down? No one saying anything makes it scarier. You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level seven or connect with us on Twitter where we're level seven pod. And remember, the seven is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls. You can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews and more at Noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. Hey, uh, uh, Stuart, what are you doing there? I'm
1: I'm actually filling out a a time off request because – um I don't know if you know this or not, but November twelfth is a big day
0: for us, Marvel people and Disney people. I do, I do know that because we will finally be able to stream Phineas and Ferb once.
1: <gasps> yes, that's it.
0: Uh yeah. November <laughs>
1: November twelfth. 12th November twelfth. is it's a Wednesday, so thankfully I have it Wednesdays is? off. It's a Wednesday.
0: That's weird. No, it's a
1: Tuesday. I have Wednesday off. That's, that's right. That's even weirder. Okay, all right. It, it, it's it's a Tuesday, so it launches on a Tuesday. So yeah, okay. So Disney we're talking Plus. about Disney Plus, Disney Plus launching on November the twelfth. And fortunately, I have November the thirteenth off. So. <laughs> well, that's that's good because. Because do you know how many launch
0: episodes there's going to be? Not that many, honestly. No, well. Yeah, but if each of them is an hour. But they're not happening the same day. No, all of them, aren't they? No, no, no. The Mandalorian, the Star yeah, Wars one, that's one, will be uh, there at launch. Right.
1: But then I thought also... No. Fal- no. No?
0: No, it sounds like they actually aren't even starting uh, actual physical production of uh, Winter Soldier and the Falcon until, I think, January.
1: Well... I got to delete that email now.
0: <laughs> no, it's there. I thought they were launching with a lot more than they, they made yeah. it sound like that early on, but it's now sounding like it's actually getting spread out. Pretty, pretty far. It's possible. Loki might be earlier than we thought. I'm not sure, but, um, here's what we do know. Uh, end by the way, is going to be on Disney plus December 11th. So that's good. Um, we, we, they just uh, the d twenty three conference happened last weekend, and they announced a ton of stuff. For example, Loki will be six episodes, only six hours. And I'm not gonna talk about the, this is this is news. This is not gonna be a lot of commentary, and also we're not gonna spoil much. Um, so I don't I'm not gonna talk about details, but uh, Winter Soldier and the Falcon will actually have Emily van camp reprise her role as Sharon Carter that she had which is, from. Which I
1: know we're not doing commentary, but yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, John Walker is U.S. agent from the uh, the Marvel comics, and he will be a character in that show as well. Did they cast him? They did. I did not write down who the cast was. You talked for a minute. Uh, He's someone from Game of Thrones. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. It's just everyone's from Game of Thrones. So that's why I said that. uh, What if is going to have uh, they made it sound like it could be that it's going to actually be 23 episodes, one for each movie where they just take the movie and do a a slight tweak. But it may just be that they're just going to do a lot of them. It may not be that every single movie gets one. Uh, but they announced the cast list for some of this, and you know who's in the what if cartoon series that they're doing animated series? Who, Stewart? Who? everybody, yeah, like <laughs> that's the best part. Like, you and I are also in this show, that's how many people are. In <gasps>
1: Don't this. tell people that, yeah, no. No,
0: <laughs> well, we, we, we might as well tell them because you know, whoever's listening right now, you're probably cast in it as well. That's how big yeah. this cast is. No, I mean, it's it's got um, uh. Basically, uh, everybody. Who, it has. Yeah, um, uh, basically,
1: a lot of people are reprising their roles. Yeah. Um, a lot of
0: Jeff Goldblum MC stars
1: are reprising their role.
0: Uh, yeah, it's just it's insane. Haley Atwell, obviously, she's going to be one of the first ones. Sam Jackson's going to be in there. Uh, Sebastian Shaw, Sebastian Stan, not Sebastian Shaw. That's an actual Marvel character. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's insanity. Uh, they're bringing back all these people now they're not bringing them back for the entire series. They're just coming back for the episode that's gonna be about their movie and
1: and it's also um, it's also animated, right?
0: It is it is, which makes it a lot easier for them to bring in all these people, you know, write the episode, get them to do the lines and then and then animate it
1: and honestly, it's to the point now where they can do a lot of those lines from home. I mean, they don't necessarily have to be. Maybe not home, but
0: they have to come to a recording studio. Yes, but they but they're not going on location. Studio. Yeah,
1: they're not going on location. They don't have to fly back to Vancouver to shoot. They don't have to go to Atlanta to, to film. I mean, they can just sort of be in, you know, wherever they are and find a, um, a, a recording booth.
0: And they also don't have to look exactly the same as they did yes. when they made the movie 20 years yes. ago or whatever. So um, <laughs> at this point, yeah. So WandaVision, they made some announcements about that. That is going to be half sitcom, half epic MCU adventure. Uh, Monica Rambeau, who is the daughter of I can't remember her first name, but Rambeau, who was we saw her in. um, She's the child from Captain Marvel. Yeah, right. Um, And I just remember seeing um, Captain Marvel's partner. Who had a necklace that said Monica on it. And I'm just like, why is she wearing a necklace with her own name on it? And that turns out, no, that's her daughter. Um, but Monica Rambeau is another Captain Marvel from the comics. So there have been a couple different Captain Marvels, and she was one as well. Um, so she's possibly going to have powers, but um, she's going to be in WandaVision. <laughs> um, uh, is it Kat Dennings, who played Darcy in the two earlier Thor movies? She's in it. Yeah. She's in it as Darcy and Randall Park from Ant-Man and the Wasp, who played the agent who was keeping an eye on on Ant-Man. He is going to be in it.
1: So, so I I just looked up. Um, uh, John Wyatt. Walker. Yeah. yeah, Wyatt Russell. And apparently he's also in WandaVision. Really? Yeah. Hmm.
0: See, John Walker is U.S. agent. Right. And he was actually – he started out as Super Patriot, and then when Captain America, Steve Rogers, walked away from being Captain America, uh, they made him Captain America. And they they put him up as – and he was just mentally unstable and had all these issues, and it was bad news, and there ended up being a fight between the two of them, and it was a really cool run in the comic books. But then after it all happened, um, they didn't just like drop him. They actually turned him into a character named U.S. Agent, who wore a costume very similar to Captain America's, but was black and had a shield that was very similar to Captain America's, but it had black on it. and And he was a character in his own right, and and and
1: and not
0: and was patriot
1: uh, he, from that we saw in Shield a no, couple of seasons ago. Right? No,
0: although there was a tie in a little bit there, yeah, too but um but then US Agent was actually a member of the West Coast Avengers like they they were trying to reform him and help him and he was you know doing much better actually became heroic and and trying to live up to the ideals of Captain America that he you know had been lifted up as but yeah so that's interesting and then here's the big news this is where it got a little bit crazy yeah they announced three more series. What? Yeah. And so they didn't actually talk anything about what was the series that we missed that they didn't talk about. Um, oh, Hawkeye. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't talk about Hawkeye, um, but they announced three brand new series. Ms. Marvel is getting a Disney plus series of her own. Moon Knight is getting a Disney plus series of his own. And she Hulk. Is getting a Disney Plus series of her own. That's right. Bruce Banner's cousin, Jennifer Walters, I think. That's
1: that's the name I would have guessed. Yeah. Well, wow. she's getting a show. It'll be really interesting to see because she Hulk was always one of them. and I was like it looks really cool in the comics, but I don't know how it would look on
0: TV. Here's the deal with She-Hulk in the comics, and there might be more to it than what I'm about to say, but I know of and am familiar with three different iterations of her as a character. One is the savage She-Hulk, where she would Hulk out in every issue, but she actually retained, she wasn't as strong as Hulk, but she retained her intellect. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, But she was more savage when she would Hulk out. Then there was the sensational She-Hulk, which was a comedy series that really, before Deadpool was doing this, was breaking down the fourth wall. And Mm. there would be things uh, where they kind of recognize that they are characters in a comic book. Um, And so she was in that. It was a comedy series, and I have a handful of issues that I bought from the comic stands Because, um, first of all, Howard the Duck was in a run of four issues that Steve Gerber was returning to Marvel and actually wrote. Um, He's the guy who created Man-Thing – not created Man-Thing. Created Howard the Duck in the pages of Man-Thing and and made Man-Thing into a character that people cared about. Um, But then also John Byrne was doing that book, and he was just having a lot of fun with it. And so I bought this two issues uh, because on the cover it says uh, Star Truck. Is what it said, but it was in the font for Star Trek, and I was right. like, "Oh, they're doing a play on Star Trek," and it was really funny. And they're actually doing a play on um, Harlan Ellison's short story that was "I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream," and it was it, they did a play on that. So, uh, but anyway, um, so that's the goofy, weird, funny comedy kind of stuff that it could be. And then more recently has been the the She Hulk series where she is it's more about being a lawyer to superheroes. Right. And that's I have not read anything from it other than I might have read a tie in issue here or there where it tied into Civil War or something like that. But that's where I I've remember been, her from. I've been told that it's really good.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting to see what that all looks like.
0: It will be. Or they could just, you know, take the whole She-Hulk series and just make it like the old Incredible Hulk series where she's just on the road helping people when she turns green. <sighs> I don't think that's happening. You're probably right, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, and and so I don't know what Moon Knight is going to be like, but he's basically a schizophrenic Batman, and and then you, you said have, that
1: wrong. He's he's Batman.
0: Oh, yeah, I was just doing one of the other voices, but um, <laughs> when I say schizophrenic Batman, I mean in the pop sense of what pop culture presents schizophrenia as, though. And it's,
1: you know, we're not doing a whole lot of commentary on this, but it's an interesting um, choice to do Moon Knight because Batman is very popular and has been reiterated many times. So what's the point of doing Moon Knight? I'm sure they've got one.
0: I'm just. Well, okay, so. They're doing Ms. Marvel. One of the things I said about Ms. Marvel is they are introducing her on Disney Plus and she's going to move into the movies. And so that's the one thing here that's a little bit different from what happens with Ages of (laughs) (laughs) of S.H.I.E.L.D., Runaways, all that stuff. None Mm -hmm. of those characters, you know, Jessica Jones is not showing up in Endgame. She could have, but she doesn't. And so none of our characters showed up in Endgame. None of them. Yeah. Ms. Marvel is going to go on the big screen. Now, will it be in Captain Marvel 2? It might be, or, or I, I don't know what it's going to be. But Ms. Yeah. Marvel will start on the small screen, the streaming screen, and then move into movies. So the question I'm wondering is Does that mean Moon Knight? Could Moon Knight be introduced on Disney Plus, but then show up in the Blade movie?
1: Well, So that goes back to um, Feige and, you know, basically the movie division having control over what's on streaming, right? Yeah. Any of those, all of those characters could show up in the movies or on streaming, but they transition into the movies a lot easier than any of our Defenders and or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. people. And it could go the other way easier, too. Right. So well,
0: it already um, is going the other way a lot easier. I mean, these yeah. shows are really what we almost thought Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was going to be,
1: you know, and I get the sense that everything I've heard from Feige and everything I've, you know, the way that they're moving these um, shows around and putting certain characters together and doing the what if series and all that sort of stuff. You get the sense that. Feige has the same, same wants and desires that we do, you know, you get the sense that he's the bigger, he's bigger fan than we are. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he'll throw in, I honestly would not be surprised if fantastic four shows up streaming before it shows up in the big movies. It could and, be. I mean, that could be and really interesting. Actually, says anything like
0: there's not an announcement.
1: We're just sitting there happily watching. Oh, my. What?
0: Yeah. But this is where Blade could show up in the Moon Knight series before the right. Blade movie or right. or uh, Moon Knight could show up in in Doctor Strange or, yeah. or something like that. So because yeah. uh, we know that like Scarlet, uh, not well, Scarlet Witch, but Wanda from WandaVision Mm -hmm. Um, that's WandaVision is actually going to set up some things that happen with with Dr. Strange, too. Now, it's not that you have to watch the one to understand the other. But the other thing I'm really curious about is they are playing up this idea of sitcom. And so I didn't see any of the footage, but they said that the, the sizzle footage for the WandaVision thing was like showing either actual footage from Dick Van Dyke or similar footage to a Dick Van Dyke, and then cutting that with footage of Vision and Scarlet Witch, I think from the movies. Um, so calling it Scarlet, uh, I keep seeing Scarlet. Wanda calling Vision. it Wanda Vision, in some ways makes me wonder: Are we going to be watching something that's a, a play on television? You Ooh, know, that'd a, be interesting. And you know, Vision is dead in present day continuity well but he's in this tv series and so is it is he has he been brought back to life somehow or is this something that wanda is creating realities where he exists and and what's great about this
1: this mcu going forward is that any of that is possible all of that is possible
0: well but here's the other thing Remember what the doctor strange two is called. It's the, no. the multiverse of madness. Right. And so is she creating realities? Uh, it's just, it, I don't know. It just Wanda vision just struck me as such a dumb name. And then they started talking about it's, it's this Dick Van Dyke thing. And it's, it's this. And then I'm just thinking to myself, wait, Wanda vision television. Is there, is there something to that? Well, th- we'll find out what,
1: yeah, I mean, we're going to, we're going to find out and of course cover it. And because it, the other it, thing it
0: could easily be is what they've done with a couple different now series with vision and Scarlet witch, which is to actually have them living their suburban life and the superhero stuff is background, you know, like they're,
1: have they, have they done that in the comics?
0: They have Uh two series, one that I've read the other that from what I've heard sounds like it's what I'm talking about. But they did a twelve issue maxi series uh, in the eighties, Vision and Scarlet Witch. Every month, it was it was a year in the life, and so mm-hmm. like it just had, you know, that's the one where it has the Thanksgiving dinner scene, where um, Magneto and Captain America join them for Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> you know, and Magneto is there because it's it's Scarlet Witch's dad, you know, and so he shows up because it's family holiday you know and and it's just this really then they have this kind of last supper looking um panel that every once in a while i think i've put it up for a couple thanksgivings anyway um you know where it's like no matter how bad your family is at least Magneto's not coming and showing up but
1: what's a magneto well
0: Uh, true true that
1: so i again going back to this series i think this is going to be a breeding ground for a lot of ancillary if not titular characters in
0: um the movies and it and is it. and it's intentional
1: and and it's under the the watchful eye of someone who is um very keen on creating awesome awesome stuff for us yeah so yeah regardless of whether or not we're gonna have spider-man we're gonna get a bunch of awesome things so yeah
0: All right. Well, thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. Stuart, any final words? Thank you for listening. All right. Godspeed, everyone.